Support comes from Troy University's Trojan Cafe, offering handcrafted Starbucks beverages and a wide assortment of meal and snack options. Located on Troy University's Montgomery campus, across from the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Today, we talk with Dr. Diane Orlovsky, a Troy University music professor emerita, who has shared a love of music through the decades with students and audiences alike. On January 19th, the Alabama Music Educators Association inducts Dr. Diane DiNicola Orlovsky into its 2024 Hall of Fame. Diane Orlovsky, welcome back to In Focus. Oh, it's a pleasure, Carolyn, as always. You have completed almost 40 years at Troy University as professor of music and director of university choirs. This is a, an achievement. A long time. And then if you add on my high school teaching, I think I may be in excess of 45, 46 total. Yeah. Diane, we are celebrating your contributions to music and to Troy University. Let's go back to where and when it all started. How old were you? I was seven years old. I came home from school for lunch. We used to walk back and forth to the school. And my mother brought me into the living room and showed me that they had bought a secondhand piano for me. She was so proud. So that really began my little odyssey with music. And I continued it all the way through high school and then found out I actually had a voice in high school. And when it came to decide on a college major, I knew from the get-go that I wanted to be a teacher. A teacher of what was in question, whether it was history or languages or English, I loved them all. Until someone said, why not music? Was there a teacher who inspired you? Yes. First one was my high school choral teacher, Buddy Agilat. He has since departed, but he was one of the reasons why I'm still doing it today. You have given so much to your students. History was made at Carnegie Hall with the concert chorale from Troy University. What was that like watching your students perform at Carnegie Hall? I think my most potent memory was when I heard the sound check and we were all out in the audience in a particular designated area. And when I heard the level of acoustics in that facility and I saw my students up on that stage, I turned to a friend of mine who had come and she and I just kind of looked at each other and it was just one of those pristine moments that you'll remember for the rest of your life. I sat in a box during the performance. I had to come down for bows at the end and I watched students exit the stage and they were obviously moved by the experience. One said, I'll never, ever think about music the same way again. Imagine having that on their resumes. What an experience. With Frequency, the Vocal Jazz Ensemble, that group and you have commissioned works by new composers. What are some of the memories you have there? Well, we commissioned works for chorale, and with Frequency, we brought so many world-class clinicians to our campus. 
I am passionately dedicated to advancing music education. And so what better way to bring the best of the best to Troy to launch this group? The group is still going strong today and doing great things. You're about to be inducted into the Alabama Music Educators Association Hall of Fame. What does this mean to you? I was just so honored when I found out that I was to be inducted for the Hall of Fame for 24. It will take place when and where? January 19th. It is at the Professional Development Conference of AMEA in Huntsville this year. Do you address the crowd? I have thought about what I would say, and basically it is to have spent a lifetime of your academic career advancing music education. I feel as passionate about it today as I did on day one. And to me, that just speaks volumes for what we do. Diane, talk about dedication. You keep giving back, not only to students at Troy University, but you give back to our listeners here at Troy Public Radio. I recall over the recent Christmas holidays, the Gloria Holiday Program. You put together a special gift for the listeners. And then coming up around Valentine's Day, what's coming? Well, we wanted to do another one kind of like that. I'm going to curate a list of love songs, whether it be classical love songs or contemporary vocal jazz, kind of like we did for the holiday concert. I think it's, again, another way of just spreading the beauty and the value of music. And of course, Troy Public Radio does that all the time. And just allowing me to have a voice in presenting this for the audience. Speaking of having a voice, you have been working with other communities. I love to go out into the schools still, whether it's to clinic, to go and work with a choir, you know, high schools, I'll be in Wetumpka in March. And I love being asked to go and to just sort of share with the kids. It keeps me young. Again, it's another way to advance music education. Diane, you and I have talked about the music of the human voice, and this is one thing that your career personifies. There was a special project that you did that concerned art and music. It was an amazing exhibit. Tell me a little bit about that as we remember. Yeah, the Joyous Exchange Project, working with my then colleague Jerry Johnson in in the art department, it was an expression kind of pulling all together of the written word meditations that I would write, and then he would turn them into these beautiful artistic, what he called illuminations. What started as a very small project of 12 morphed into this large artistic exhibit of like 28 pieces. Um, Several of the pieces toured the country. It was just amazing. People really responded to that sort of mashup between the spoken word, the written word, and the artistic expression. And one thing I have noticed is that the music of the human voice helps us process grief. That's right. And I have explored that topic. I did pretty deeply in the Joyous Exchange, and I continue to do that in talking with composers and conductors for a podcast that I'm working on. You have been researching for many years Jerome Bruner, and we are looking forward to an upcoming book about this man. Yes, it's eight years of nonstop research into his personal papers that are housed at the Harvard University Archives. 
You have another gift to the listeners coming up, we hope, at the end of this month. I am so excited. It is a podcast. Tell us about that. The title of the podcast is Inquire. It's a play on the word. I'm going to inquire about something, but it's Inquire as in choral music. Inquire conversations about choral music, the arts, and life. I think this is kind of a continuation of what we did with Joyous Exchange. We're broadening the conversation and having deep conversations with composers of choral music along certain thematic lines. And sometimes I will bring in a meditation from the Joyous Exchange. It's a deep dive into the architecture of choral music, the beauty of it, the poetry of it, and then talking directly to composers, which to me is just such a privilege. What has inspired you that has kept you going and refreshed in all of your endeavors? As simplistic as it sounds, there is magic in music. And if you have something that you feel has power and reach and can affect people's lives in a positive way, why would you want to keep it to yourself? Why not share it? There is power and magic in music and in music making together as a community. Well, Diane, we are saluting your career and your dedication, which continues. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. That was Dr. Diane Orlovsky, Professor Emerita in the Troy University John M. Long School of Music. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is itself a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is Troy Public Radio.